got it! Yeah, NBA Strayer. How are you going? Hey, yeah, man. That's right, it's NBA Strayer. It's Tuesday, April 26th, all day. I'm your host, James Clements. We're here repping Strayer a bit, keeping you up to date on all the ins and outs of the NBA playoffs, and the Nets are dead. Oh! Finally, out of their misery. Uh, the Sixers are in the process of shitting their pants, which is pretty great. Uh, we've got a superstar, number two overall pick, winning most improved player. I'm going to yell about that. And uh, Ben Simmons successfully set out a full NBA season because his feelings got hurt. So, uh, good times. What a show. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. Uh, all the playoff games from today in the NBA Australia game wraps. We've got That's Not a Knife, Old Mate, No Mate, Spot of the Night, Better Than Lonzo Ball. We've got Yeah Nas. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. And we've got Outback Takehouse. Where we're serving up. A flame girl tank. Uh, there is the Australian player watch. This will be the final one for Patty Thrills, which stinks. Um, we've also got a Shane Hill shoot a shoot shoot shot. Light them up award. And uh, we'll preview and pick the games for tomorrow. Some belters. And we'll finish up the brand new Jingles HR. Good times. It's going to be awesome. Right, let's get into it. Episode 803 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shack attack. Oh, you better. I better watch out for the shack attack if you're Kenny the Jet Smith. Beat him to the... Uh... Beat him to the actual screen today, which is kind of fun. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get stuck into today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Show with the Daily. Whip around. That's right. Uh, ja Morant wins most improved player of the year. Uh. <laughs> Seriously? I've heard what the finalists were Darius Rucker, Judy Garland and uh, DeJunte Murray are both far more deserving winners, I think, of most improved. The fact that Ja was even in the top three, I think, was stupid. And I feel like the voters who voted for Ja should take will have their votes taken off them because they're clearly not paying attention. They're clearly just like, ah, oh, what's the easiest one I can say? Oh, probably Jar. That's fine. It's basically the test of tell me you don't watch that much basketball without saying you don't watch too much basketball. You know? It's like, oh, I heard the Jar's been really good this year. It's like, yeah, because it was fucking awesome last year, you assholes. Etc. 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 Insert that look. He improved greatly, don't get me wrong. I'll talk about it in Yen Nas. Uh, he was awesome. And it's kind of what you make of this award. Now, if you remember back two years ago, I got angry about the Brandon Spindles Ingram, most improved player. Uh, rightly so. This is pretty much the same. So, not great. Not ideal. Don't like it. Whatever. Ben Simmons set out game four today. The sweep. And then as soon as it was done, Woj! Dropped a woge bomb saying that, oh, Simo actually met, bro, with, like, Brooklyn Nets leadership uh, with his agent, Rich Paul, uh, about the physical and mental hurdles remaining in the All-Stars' pursuit of a return to play. 
But I thought he was going to be good for game four. And now you're like, oh, but bro, we need to focus on his mentals. All right, cool. Then fucking do it. Don't sit there and go, nah, nah, nah. Hey, 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 watch this. And then dunk in front of reporters. Say you're coming back for game four. Realize that you're going to get blamed for the sweep if you come back and they still lose. And then just go, oh, actually, my back's a bit sore, man. Uh, He wants to play and perform for the Nets as soon as possible. Wasn't ruling out that happening still this season, even if uh, the Nets had gotten through today's game. And uh, obviously that became a moot point because they got fucking whomped. And away they go. So interesting stuff, I guess, if you want to think of that and think that's actually interesting. Interesting stuff. Because for me, it's like, all right, cool. We just want to make sure that uh, we're actually on board with the Nets and they don't fucking trade us in the offseason, man. That's what that says to me, you know? And uh, that all said, it's a really great out for Simo, you know? Because he gets to come back this year, next year, and just be like, oh, nah, nah, see? See, nah, we've got to give this a chance, man. It's the chance, man vibes. We all love getting a bit of a chance. So let's give him a chance. See how we go. Other news, there was the big news right at the end of the Utah-Dallas game where Donnie Mitchell uh, left with a hamstring injury. And you're like, really? Really? We're just going to keep goddamn getting these shitty injuries? Uh, Donnie Mitchell, though, did come out and say after the game that he's like, oh, actually, nah, it's not too bad. It was just a bit of a tweak. It feels fine, man. (laughs) It's like, okay. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, as long as it's just a bit of a tweak and he reckons he's going to be good to go for uh, game six, kind of neat, kind of like that. It'd be very fun. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, he's going to get evaluated next, uh, well, tomorrow in Salt Lake City when they get back there. He'll get an MRI. We'll see how we go. Be evaluated properly, but whew, bit of a tough one. Hopefully it's not too bad. I want to see him go. Uh, and the last little bit of news was the latest that Devin Booker has uh, been ruled out for game five with his hammy. Uh, we kind of knew that three and four was obviously not going to be on the uh, cards, but obviously five, they're like, yeah, no, nah, not even that. That season, uh, that series is two all, don't forget. So five is going to be pretty fun. Can't wait. Right. And I think that's basically about it in terms of news. Uh, no other coaches got fired like yesterday, which is pretty crazy. And uh, yeah, Caruso is still in the concussion protocol. We're going to see what happens there. He's questionable. Uh, before they play the Bucks, which I believe is actually not tomorrow, but Thursday our time. So here's how he can go. And uh, Taylor Jenkins, that's right, got fined for criticizing the refs, which I enjoyed. Uh, he's like, no, 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 I'm paying for it because uh, a couple of the other dudes were saying, no, 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 I'll cover it, I'll cover it. <laughs> I like the Desmond Bain came out and went, hey, man, nah, I'm, I'm on a rookie salary. I'm not going to help pay for his fines, which is good. Uh, but 15K because he said... Uh, after the game, I've never seen a more inconsistent, arrogant, officiated game. It's embarrassing. I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> Loved it. Well, that could have gone for our first game today as well. Let's do the game wraps. Game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps. Game wraps. That's right. The game wraps from today. We had three. Brooklyn played at home. Game four in their first round series to Boston and lost. 116, 112. Get out the brooms. It's a sweep. Unbelievable. But not really that unbelievable if you've actually watched any of this series. Uh, It was looking cooked from the get-go, actually. Uh, This has literally been the story, I think, all series for Brooklyn. 
Uh, the Nets just can't get grasps of games because their defense is fucking horrible. And in this one, they needed a fast start, get that crowd on board. But Boston, they look like a bunch of fucking serial killers. They came out just going, we are going to fucking destroy you guys. And that's exactly what happened. Um, they had the killer vibe to them, Boston, and never let Brooklyn like get comfortable and never got easy. They never got on any rolls. And like it just became a fucking slog fest for the Nets. And Boston are always going to win that game. The only way it really sort of turned was uh, late in the third. After uh, Actually, this was weird because it was about to spiral into Lakers-Mavericks territory, like 2011. If you remember that series, the uh, reigning champion Lakers about to get belted into oblivion by the Mavericks. And they go out like absolute punks. Phil Jackson just quits after this. Andrew Bynum tries to decapitate, uh, decapitate J.J. Barea. And it was feeling like that for Brooklyn, right? Like, it was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like, oh, shit. Like, KD's just sort of dribbling the ball up. They're down, like, 13, 15. He's just, like, launching horrible long threes. He's just going, I don't give a fuck anymore. Blow it out, your ass, idiots. That's basically what he was saying. But Blake Griffin came on. They fought back into it. They got it all the way down, the Nets, all the way back down to basically a one-point game with, like, a minute and a half to go in the fourth quarter. And it started with the back end of that third quarter where they sort of pulled it back. It was a 12-point game going to the fourth. And they just went on a little bit of a run. They got it back down to like six at the start of the fourth. And they just fought and fought and fought the rest of the way. So uh, they could have gone the way of the Lakers, the 11 Lakers, but they didn't. They you know, showed up, you know, showed some fight. They could never get their noses in front, though, which is obviously the big difference. And uh, what, do I, what do I always reference here at NBA Australia? It's, it's really easy to put together a really big run to get back into a game, but it's bloody hard to get the lead and keep it. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Even with Scott Foster deciding, right, I've gotten the bat call from fucking Adam Silver, the, uh, <laughs> the world's tallest Cheshire cat. And uh, not Cheshire cat, what are those fucking Persians? There you go. Cheshire cat's the opposite. <laughs> anyway... Scott Foster fouls out Tatum on one of the most dubious six, six foul calls you'll ever see where everybody's like, are you fucking serious, bro? Shit. But either way, like the problem all series was the Nets defense had zero chance against the Celtics. And look, when Tatum goes out, the Celtics sort of just sputter to a bit of a halt as they readjust. And then it was fine because Smart, Jalen Brown, Al Horford managed to manufacture a couple of looks and away they went. Uh... Meanwhile, on the flip side, the Celtics' defense was just everywhere. It's the best in the NBA. It shut down two of the best, most gifted scorers in the history of the NBA. And the Nets just had zero chance in this series, right? The coaching on the Nets' side was a mess. Steve Nash Nash was just throwing shit against the wall time and time again. The Blake Griffin move eventually, like, Blake's cooked. We all know it. But it's also throwing just a bigger body who knows where the fuck to go. (laughs) And actually, how to move the ball effectively made a big difference. Same with Dragon score on the floor, tragic. It's like, all right, we need to keep moving the ball. The thing with Patty Mills as well, every time he was out there, he'd be making a pass and he'd never see the fucking ball again. So, bit of a tough one. Um, But look, they end up losing because the Celtics just settled down the stretch and if you can't stop the other team from scoring, you're not going to win too many games, especially playoff games, and that's what happened in the Nets. Because I'll yell it till I turn blue. You can't have a good defense out there with Kyrie barely fucking trying and being one of your quote-unquote leaders. Uh, time and time, the bloke's just out of position, giving zero fucking effort. 
And my point is, like, you can be a bad defensive player, but if you try, it mitigates it a lot. Like, effort is what other players react to and feed off. And, like, if he's trying, if Kyrie's trying to get into the right spots, rather than looking at the spot and going, ah, it's not worth it. <laughs> like, the other the other players on your team take that cue. They give a little bit more. They see Kyrie do fuck all. They look at Kevin, look at Kyrie, and Kevin go, Kyrie's got to be Kyrie. And they go, right, fuck it. Everybody else just goes, well, if, he, if these pricks aren't caring, then we're out. Um, I mean, you saw the token effort on the game winner by Jason Tatum in game one. Today, like, the worst one for me was at the end of the first half, you're down eight, you're at home. It's an elimination game. You're down three zip. There's 1.3 seconds left on the clock. He gets the inbounds and dribbles it out and just like, all right, we're going in. It's like, Kyrie, put in a bit of fucking effort, get to half court, give it a heave. Maybe you get three points. Maybe you don't. Maybe you get a foul. Who fucking knows? Just show your care, you fucking idiot. Jesus Christ. And then later, I mean, time and time, Kyrie was just getting beat out of position on D. Uh, I mean, Dragon just hits a couple of threes to keep them within spinning distance. And then uh, Kyrie goes back, barely tries on a Jalen Brown drive, and then just slaps across the arm. After the shot's already up, in one of the stupidest fouls you'll see for an easy and one, and it just sucked the fucking life out of the Nets again. Like, it's inexcusable for a leader, let alone a 10-year pro. Like, if you saw college kids do that, you'd be yelling at them. It's like, what the fuck was that? Anyway, but credit to Boston, though. They went in there, and they won that game. Like, the Nets didn't lose it. The Celtics went in and won it with that defense, with Horford smoking threes. None of the Nets' role players could really do anything until Dragon got hot. Uh, Grant Williams was a beast on defense for Kevin Durant all series, and he was amazing again today. He also hit more threes in this game. And uh, I think he's hit more threes all series than Kyrie did. So, like, that is just immense, immense vibes for Grant Williams. He was awesome in this one. But that combo of Horford, Grant Williams, just the way they stifled KD in shooting 13 of 31 was just epic. I mean, it was a 39-point game from KD where it took every ounce of his talent just to get some of these shots off, you know, versus... Kyrie, you look like he barely gave a fuck and took as many shots as Seth fucking Curry. Like, what are we doing here? Kyrie, pay attention, mate. <laughs> That's fucking horrible. That's right. Grant Williams hit as many threes in this series as Kyrie did. That's amazing. Uh, but they just had a better plan. They executed better. They had better coaching. They had an actual identity that they can win with and they can lean on. They played better defense. You can ride Tatum a bit on offense when need to. You get the other guys going off, you go, and you'll win lots. And, uh, like, obviously when Tatum went out, there was that drought, and there were glimpses of the old Celtics from the first half of the year, but then Smart powered through it. It's like you can almost see Smart in real time shedding like the shitty decisions of the past. <laughs> He's like, wait, usually I'd pull up and shoot this. Instead, he'd drive, and the Boston defense would be like, what do we do when someone drives out his, oh, shit, I don't know. Like The amount of back cuts they gave up, the amount of dumb second chance points they gave up, it was crazy. Smart, like... On one of those last drives, he sort of just threw it up. It got tipped a little bit, and he grabbed it again and threw it back in. He got a tip in. Jalen Brown got a great shot to go. Horford, it was just a way they went. Like, the Brooklyn Nets finally put out of their fucking misery. KD ends up with 39 points, as mentioned. Nine assists, seven rebounds, four turnovers, but was just hassled all game. Nothing came easy. 13 of 31 from the floor, and he went. Oh, shit, what did he do from three? He went. <laughs> He 
311. Uh, Kyrie goes for 20 points in the end, 6 of 13 shooting. Hey, Kyrie, did you realize we're facing elimination? Hey, man, it's just a game of basketball, man. Fucking third eye Kai over here, 6 of 13 from the floor, 2 of 3 from downtown. 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, an elimination game. This is like the I'm just here so I don't get fined game. Oh, man, I gave up after game one, bro. I tried really hard and we lost. Yeah. It's not worth it, really. Fucking hell. What a fucking loser. 23 points with Seth Curry. 5 of 9 from downtown with two blocks. I mean, when Seth Curry's actually putting his fucking ass on the line and Kyrie's loafing around barely giving a fuck, Jesus. Nicky Claxton set a new record for missed free throws to start a playoff game. Love that. He ended up with 13 and 6. Actually gave them a really good spark in that third, fourth quarter run where he was like the only one putting in effort. It was like he and Blake Griffin were just trying their asses off. And then, yeah, poor Nicky Claxton just tried and tried to try. 13-6 with two assists, two steals, and three blocks. Plays 23 minutes, and they just go, well, we're going to have to go with Blake down this stretch because Nick can't hit a fucking free throw. That's exactly what happened. Dragon, 10 points out of nowhere. Hits two threes, which are insane. Just sort of step into them. Banks one in, which is awesome. 10 points, eight rebounds, four assists for him. He also had five fouls in his 24 minutes. Pretty great. Uh, Bruce Brown could not get anything. Like, no sneaky Bruce Brown game, which is pretty much what the, uh, the Nets needed today. Two points, two rebounds, two assists, but just not enough there. And Patty, only five points in his 19 minutes. We went two of six. There were two shots uh, from three that Patty missed, and you're like, that breaks my fucking heart. It just, they go in, the Nets might win this game. But it was the difference of, like, Patty hitting a couple of threes, Horford knocking in three, and uh, away you go. So, tough one for the Nets. Whatever. Like, Tatum ends up with 29-5. and five, Shot four or six from downtown. Horford goes three or five from downtown. Each one a backbreaker. 13-6 and six for him. Jalen Brown had, like, a weirdly quiet 22-8-3. He shot 9-20. He went 0-5 from deep. And smart. 3-7 from downtown. 7-16 overall. He had 20 points, 11 assists, and five rebounds. And was just in the right spot at the right time, time and time and time again. Some weird fucky fouls, but you get them on the big jobs when Scott Foster's trying to rig the game against you. Grant Williams, 14 points, 4 of 6 from 3. Massive, 3 blocks as well. Great defense from him. 6 of 8 for Danny Tice. Derek White went 9, 6 and 2. He shot 4 of 10. He missed all 4 of his 3s with Derek White, but at the same time, they were doing a great job. What I mean, he was doing a really good job late. They're just like, oh, it's all right, we'll, we'll trust him. And they could. It was pretty bloody good. Especially when Tatum went out. They are like, right, we're going to have to put in Derek White. And he wasn't bad. Either way, there you go. Your Brooklyn Nets have been swept. KD, Kyrie, back to the drawing board. No Ben Simmons in this game, obviously. Hilarious vibes. Boston go on to win. And will play. They get a bit of rest, actually, before they play the uh, winner of Milwaukee versus Chicago, which will be Milwaukee. Right. How about game five? Philly, Toronto. Ooh, oh, jeez. It's making me look pretty prophetic the other day. Uh, I think one of the... After Philly went up three zip, one of the year nars we had was uh, our Toronto cooked. And I said in that segment, they are probably cooked. But if there's any team to become the first to blow a three zip lead in the NBA playoffs, it will be a combination of Doc Rivers and James Harden and these Philadelphia 76ers. (laughs) And here we are, 3-1 up in Philly. They get fucking pantsed by the Raptors, 103-88. It 
It was a weird game. They didn't have Fred Van Vliet, but Scoob, Scotty Barnes looked much better for the Raptors, and they just looked fucking up for it from the get-go. There was zero offensive flow for the Sixers all game. The Raptors bench came out ready. The Sixers never got into any flow at all. Tobias Harris was just meh. Maxie and Harden couldn't hit any shots, and Embiid's got a fucked thumb. And it's like, oh, shit. Well, I think this might be cooked, and it was. It was crazy. Like Their defensive energy in the second half, the Sixers just disappeared. Embiid got cooked by Precious over and over again. He even came out after the game and said, yeah, I suck. That was fucking horrible. And like so many of the back cuts and drives that ended up completely uncontested, especially in that second half, it was pure Netsian. Like, it was just like the Nets. It was weird watching this game, having just watched the Nets shit the bed against the Celtics and go, hang on. It's like the uh, the Pam meme. They're the same picture. It was weird. Uh, the Raps always just had an answer. Like, Sixers, they made a big run at the end of the third. They cut it to nine, and they get a bucket from Maxi to open up the fourth, but Gary Terrence Trent Darby Jr. just walks in and lays one up, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I think the Raps are going to win this because <laughs> it just kept them up nine. You're like, oh. Well, the Raptors don't give that much of a fuck. So, because they scored again on the next one and it's back up above double figures. The closest they got was what? I think they got it back down to like 11 and then maybe a little bit later. But that was it. The game was over at that point. Like, as soon as their defense just went, oh, no, it's fine. We'll just let Gary score, whatever. Like, OG Ananobi, there was a point, uh, I think, in the middle of the. Uh, in the middle of the fourth, right? OG just sort of drives. Oh, actually, sorry. It's like right towards the end of the fourth quarter. He drives like the defense isn't there and it's just uncontested. Philly calls a timeout. They're down 14. It's 96 82. You're like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> this game is over. Embiid just looking tentative. Harden was like playing a third of the game, it felt like. He'd try every so often. You're like, oh, there's James Harden. Hello. Hello there. Hello there, James. Are you going to play? Fat man who feel clean. Oh, my God. He's cooked. He's as cooked as the uh, brisket he likes. Uh, but, yeah, the Sixers lost a rebounding battle. They shot under 40%. Like, just brutal. Embiid was horrible defensively, though. Harden just looked like a fucking chicken with its head chopped off. Maxi just couldn't get anything going. Tybal was horrible. Oof. Just a bad game. Uh, and my favorite thing is Doc Rivers' uh, record in closeout games since 2015. What is it? Yeah, that's right. He's 311 in closeout games since 2015. That is just fucking remarkable, Doc Rivers. That is just ineptitude of a degree that is jaw-dropping. Uh, the Sixers end up 38% from the floor, 16 turnovers that gave up 20 points, 27% from downtown. They literally missed 27 threes. They went 10 of 37. It's brutal. Embiid with the 2011 and 4. Harris, Tobias, the never nude. 16, 7, and 4 on 16 shots. Thanks for coming, Tobias. Hey, Tobias, we need a big uh, big showing from you. Do you reckon you can step up? Embiid's a bit hurt. Harden looks a bit wonky. Uh, I mean, you're getting paid the max amount. Can you uh, go out and get us 30? You got a boss. 16 on 16 shots. Classic Tobias Harris. Is it? Defense has been good this series, but Jesus, just step up once, Tobias. Uh, Maxi and Harden combined to go 9 of 25 from the floor. Uh, 5 of 14 for 12 points for Maxi. Harden, 15 points on 4 of 11 shooting. He had 5 turnovers and 7 assists. Just brutal. 
Danny Green at least went four of nine from three. He was handy. Uh, but their bench stunk. Like, Shake, Matty. So, Shake Milton, Aussie Matty T, George Niang. No one could get it going. Matty specifically could not buy a bug. He's like, oh, of three from downtown. Missed two free throws, then a wide open three in the second quarter, which is basically just like a fucking air raid siren for like, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. We're in trouble for the Sixers. Because it was a uh, pretty open three. So they shoot 51% the Raps to the 38% of the Sixers. It is just chaos. Eight turnovers to 16 of them. Uh, sorry, nine turnovers to 16. OG ends up with 16, 5, and 4. He was pretty handy, but Siakam was the uh, the straw that stirred the drink today. 23, 10, and 7. Shot 10 to 17 from the floor. Gary Terrence Trent Darby Jr., 16, 5 of 14 shooting. Scoob had 12, 8, and 4 with three steals, doing a lot of ball handling, which is pretty gnarly to see. Precious, he was massive off the bench. 17 and 7 with three blocks. Shot 7, 11. And Chris Bobby Boucher, 6 and 4, but he had a couple of blocks and was just really, really active. So the thing is with the Raptors, my point is always going to be if the Raptors are at full, like if they have their full complement of dudes. They're always just fucking tough. And you look at the start of this series and go, well, they're without Scotty Barnes. They go down three zip. Scotty comes back. Guess what? It's only 3 2. That's punctured a little bit because they didn't have Fred Van Vliet today. But at the same time, Fred Van Vliet has been so banged up of late anyway that maybe his absence just opens it up a little bit more. But either way, look, if Fred Van Vliet can't come back, I worry about this Raps team. But that was a big showing today. So. Pulling it back to 3-2 is huge. All the momentum going home from game six. It's 3-2. Philly lead. The Raptors, watch out. About to make history. And then finally, Dallas shit pumped the Utah Yaz, who were just like, oh, should we just have really long periods of this game where we don't score? Oh, it seems like a good idea. 102-77. Oh, it was a pretty tight game early. And then Dallas just got rolling in the second quarter. Their defense in the second quarter, I think I tweeted out, the Mavs' defense just has stretches every so often where they just go, hang on, you're not going to score. And the Jazz are like, no, we're not. Uh, because especially with the Jazz where they just go, oh, yeah, cool, Donnie Mitchell, heavy sort of ISO, Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, same vibes. Mike Conley looks fucking just gacked out of his mind at these games. And uh, they held their Jazz to their lowest scoring half of the season. 18 points in both quarters, so 52-36 going into the second half. Luca was playing awesome on D. But just that length on the perimeter of uh, Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, with Luca out there. And then if you've got Dwight Powell or Max Schickleber, like there's, they might not be tall, 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 tall like Rudy Gobert, but they're fucking long, 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 long. And then you've got like Jalen Brunson or whatever. But even Spencer Dinwiddie, he's got long-ass fucking arms. And then, boom, the third quarter. Luka just goes, right, this is it. It's all over. I'm just going to match the Jazz. Seriously, the Jazz had 19 points. Luka had 19. Luka did it way more efficiently. Luka shot 6 of 9. Nice. And 3 of 5 from downtown in the third. The Jazz shot 7 of 19. Gross. And 1 of 6 from 3. It's 81-55 going into the fourth quarter. You're like, oh, this game's cooked. <laughs> And then they lose Donnie Mitchell to his uh, sore, slightly uh, strained hammy. And they didn't score for like six minutes in the fourth quarter, which was it was just kind of sad. You're like, oh, yeah, this sucks. Bye, Jazz. And then it was over. Uh, so the Jazz, they shot 36%. They went an amazing three of 30 from three. 
three of 30 from three. Just brutal. Donnie ends up with nine points on four of 15 shooting. 0 of 7 from downtown. Rude Gobert. They fuck the talk. Uh, well, fuck the talk. You're down 3-2. Just saying. 17-11, one turnover. Bojan, two points, one rebound, one assist. Gross. Jordan Jeremy Clarkson had 20. He was a right, I guess. But, jeez. I mean, Jordan Jeremy Clarkson goes 9-15, but again, 0-4 from 3. Conley, brutal. 1-6 of six from the floor. 4 points, 5 assists, 5 fouls. Ugh. Royce O'Neal, 2-6, of 1-5 from 3, 5 points. Not ideal. Just horrible. What a horrible, horrible game it was. Uh, the Mavs, they went 12 of 43 from downtown. They had four as four times as many threes. Four times as many threes as the opposition. Incredible. Luca had 33, 13 and 5. He was awesome. As mentioned, 19 points in that third quarter. Jalen Brunson just filled it up as well. 24, 24, 5 and 4. He's amazing. Finney Smith, 13, 5 and 4 before getting booted. Reggie Bullock as well with 9 points, 3 9 from downtown. They got booted after the fracas of uh, Hassan Whiteside blocking Luca, and Luca just sort of getting antsy at him. But it's good to see the Mavs have got Luca's back. It might also be because everybody hates Hassan Whiteside, but still. Uh, Dinwiddie, nine points, one assist. Didn't have a great game, but they didn't need it from him. Kleber, Maxi Kleber, hello. Zero points, five rebounds in 20 minutes. He was a plus 15. That's how good this game was. Boban gets out there as well. They were chanting for him. Dallas got 3-2. Big chance to close this out in SLC in Salt Lake City. If Donnie Mitchell can't go, or even he's out there on a bunk hammy. So interesting to see what happens there. Either way, good job, Dallas. Took care of business at home. Now let's do an NBA Australia pre performance of the Knights. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Two here. The Boston Celtics as a whole. To sweep the Nets, and everybody's like, oh, it'll probably go seven. It'll be a really good series. Completely underplaying just how fucking good that Boston Celtics defense was and how much tougher and how much ready for this and how much more about that life the Celtics were rather than the Nets who were like, oh, what's really great? Well, we'll we'll go just do some ISOs. ISO, 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 ISO. Hey, why is this not working? Let's try some more ISOs. ISO, 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 ISO. And it just like fell apart. The Boston Celtics came out like fucking, as I said, a bunch of killers and took care of business back-to-back games in Brooklyn where you could let up. You go, right, we're at three-zip, fuck it. You know, the Nets, these games haven't been decided by much. The Nets are in these, but we're so good defensively, we're just not going to let that happen. It was awesome. And then Tatum just absolutely kicking ass, taking names. He was amazing, but the Celtics as a whole, great job. That was a fucking knife because they had the knife the... Nets, and that's exactly what they did. They knifed him. Uh, whereas Luca, as well, just a fucking looked at the Jazz and went, all right, I'm putting the boot in. <laughs> just stopped them from ever having a chance at a comeback in that third quarter. It was amazing to watch. 19 points in that third quarter. Ends up with 33 points, 13 rebounds, and five assists. Just put him to the sword. It was incredible. 11 to 22 from the floor, 3 to 10 from downtown. Luca and the Boston Celtics. There you go. There's your improved performances of the night. Uh, not on there. Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. Spud of the night. Spud, 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 sp
Spot. Nick Claxton. Ah, breaks my heart, the poor little bloke. He was just out there trying his hardest. Oh, of 10 from the free throw line to start a playoff game, breaking Shaq's record. Uh, ends up amazingly one of 11. He <laughs> couldn't hit one of them earlier, Nick. And it's weird. You look at him, like the form's not too bad. It's just like everything just goes off the back iron. You're like, how is he just so bad at this? What is happening? Like, shit, I could go one of 11 from the free throw line. Maybe not in that environment. <laughs> if everyone's like, Jimmy, fuck you! I'd be like, ah, oh, you got me. I've gone one of 12. Uh, but still, he was at home, and he went one of 11. That is crazy. Uh, but really, the spuds of the night's got to be the Yaz and their three-point shooting. Three of 30 is crazy. Donnie Mitchell, nine points, four of 15 shooting. O of seven from downtown. Bojan, O of nine from the floor. O of four from three. Conley, zero of three. Clarkson missed all four. Like, to go 3 of 30 is legitimately incredible. Their starters combined to go 1 of 20 from 3 today. Royce O'Neal was the only one who hit a 3. He went 1 of 5. Boyan, 0 of 5. 0 of 3 for Conley. 0 of 7 for Donnie Mitchell. And holy shit, like, it didn't get any bidding. Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, 0 of 4. 1 of 5 for there's only one. Holy Gomez. But goddamn, Jazz. It's not like, you know... The modern game relies on you hitting threes or anything, but fucking hell, three of 30. That is absolutely amazing. Just out there chucking spuds. Old mate, no mate today. Old mate, no mate. 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 Who's got no mates today? LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. Every time they cut to that Ned's bench, there was just like a sad old dude there. And you're like, yeah, this isn't great. LaMarcus Aldridge is like, motherfucker, I came out of it. Re- I nearly died. I had heart problems. I came out of retirement for this, and I don't even get to fucking play. Just roll me out there. I'll get you eight points. Steve Nash is like, nah, man, you're going to get cooked on defense. We're already getting cooked on defense, Steve. <laughs> Blake, same vibes. He's like, all right, get me out there. Just let me run around for 12 minutes. Steve Nash is like, ah, fuck it. Eventually did in game three. went, hang on a second. Blake Griffin knows where to go. He also passes the ball. Shit, we should play him some more. So they did. And, of course, Andre Drummond uh, got out there and then never saw the floor again after he uh, sat for the first time today. (laughs) He played a total of four minutes. And it's like, yeah, this is what I say. All I hate people who say, this is what I always say, but seriously, Andre Drummond, this is a drum I've been, there you go, a drum, I've been belting for fucking ages. He's shit. Like, he's just bad. Oh, but Jimmy, he gets lots of rebounds and he's pretty big. There's a specific value sometimes to being able to get rebounds. I get it. Having a big dude out there is always pretty good. Andre Drummond, and actually trying to play Andre Drummond, though, is always a losing proposition. He's literally never been on a team where you've gone, oh, well, he's making a positive contribution and they're a winning basketball program. It just doesn't happen. Because he stinks. There's a reason why in the NBA you have stars and you have role players. It's all well and good. But I think the big thing that separates the good teams from the bad, uh, from the good to the great, is role players who are stars in their roles. You'll hear this trotted out on the odd occasion, but stars in their roles, they know their role. They do it really well. They put everything on the line just for their all. Seth Curry is a really good example of that. He's like, right, I'm going to get you five threes today. We'll hit 23 points. It'll be awesome. I'll move the ball a bit. 
I'll play my ass off on defense. I'm going to get my ass handed to me, though, because I'm a foot fucking shorter than all these guys. Whereas Andre Drummond is like, hey, man, let's go. Oh, I'll get, get that rebound. Oh, I got it. Oh, I'm going to go for this block. Boom, gets bent on a back up. Boom. Can't get out to the perimeter. Time and time again. Bruce Brown, bit of a star role player in his, in his role, but at the same time, he's not that much of a star role player because you got to give it every game. This is the uh, the El Jefe Green corollary. Jeff Green can give you something, something. He's a role player, but he's not a star role player because you can never rely on him. He's not reflex. <laughs> but Seth Curry, you can at least rely on him to a degree where you're like, can you just play your role tonight, Seth? Off we go. Grant Williams is like proven to be an absolute fucking star role player as well. Al Horford has been absolutely... And that's the difference between these two teams, right? And holy shit. Sometimes you don't have that. So Andre Drummond, definitely some old mate, no mates. But the entire like cadre of big dudes on the bench there for Brooklyn, Steve Nash never knowing what to do with any of them. And the fact that they cut James Johnson, old blood sport James Johnson to keep Kessler Edwards, young dude, cool, you want to keep him on a uh, you know, a bit of team control. But this team also needed a bit of fucking fight. It needed a bit of size. It needed a bit of kung fu, a bit of blood sport, a bit of MMA. Throw James Johnson out there. We'll see how quickly Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart want to drive to the fucking hoop unmolested, you know what I'm saying? Either way, uh, but also, old oh, mate, no mates, he's your fucking mate. It's got to be Kyrie. Like, that 1.4 seconds left in the first half, down three zip, at home, you're down eight points in this game. You don't get the ball inbounded a little bit further along in the court, take one dribble, give it a bit of a shot from a half court. What would Steph Curry do in this exact sort of position? You know that he'd be having a crack. Kyrie, what a fucking loser. Started and ended the season by not taking a shot. Classic Kyrie. Old mate, no mates. Who caught pantsing the night, though? Fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fatty, fat, fat. I mean, the Jazz. They just, <laughs> they just went into Dallas and got pants. It was an absolute pantsing of the highest degree. I also enjoyed uh, everybody pantsing uh, Colin Coward over there in the uh, US. Hey, I'm gonna, if you tell me there's five guys, five young guys, 25 or under, I'll take Giannis, Luka, Embiid, Jokic, and Tatum. Colin Coward. Uh, Tatum is under 25. Luka Doncic is under 25. The other three of your top five under 25 are not under 25, you fucking moron. Like, God damn it, it shits me up the wall that people get paid a lot of money to talk about basketball. They don't know their fucking ass from their elbow. Jesus. Like, are we fucking serious here? God damn it. What an absolute blowhard. Speaking of which, I'm a blowhard too. Hooray. <laughs> I just don't get paid what Colin Cowherd does. Right. The Jazz, you got pantsed. Colin Cowherd got pants everywhere. I also love that he's like, I don't know who's the, if the you know, if they're MVPs. Like, Jokic won it last year. Giannis has got two of them. What are you fucking talking about? Anyway, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Oh, boy. Coming for everybody. The Lakers, if you uh, remember this. Now, this used to be a staple of NBA Australia. Uh, Lonzo Ball was picked over Jason Tatum. Uh, Jason Tatum today dropped 29-3-5, and and uh, his team swept KD and Kyrie. So I'm just saying, Magic Johnson somewhere is like, it was the best pick I could have made at the time. <laughs> was it, though? 
And can we give out a really quick dickhead of the week or do you want to save it to Friday? I'll just do it now, fuck it. Dickhead of the week! <sighs> it's Kyrie. Like, it's always going to be fucking Kyrie. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Kyrie moves, the halftime one was just really brutal, but there was also a moment at the end of that half where he just left Grant Williams wide open for that corner three. The bloke has hit more threes than Kyrie in the series and then doesn't bother at the end of the half heave, and it just fucking infuriated me, obviously. Uh, but the best one was, obviously, when after the game, Kyrie was asked, you know, hey, uh, what's your plan for the sort of the offseason? He's like, oh, well, I very clearly plan to re-sign with the Nets. When I say I'm here with Kev, I think that really entails us managing this franchise together alongside Joe, Cy, the owner, and Sean Marks, the GM. Kyrie, I'm just, I'm just saying, mate. Uh, in terms of uh, things that you should be doing, it's probably not as soon as you've been swept. So, well, as I run this franchise, we're doing a great job. Like me and me and my buddy Kev, I mean, we're doing a great job. Obviously, like fucking, like what are we doing here? <laughs> it's like what the fuck? It's so tone deaf. It's so narcissistic. What a fucking moron. What a giant dickhead. I just hope that, you know, hope against hope that he actually, uh, you know, figures this out and Kev goes, right, don't don't be a dickhead. There was also the moment where he was asked about it. We can just start fresh and be realistic with our own expectations and live with our team results rather than being the polarization of the media scrum and having our names be dragged for a series that naturally happens in people's careers. Just, he's a word salad. He's... His fucking brain is mush. Let's just be honest. All right, let's do some Yanas right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You listen to NBA Australia. And you're listening 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 to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some Yenaz. They're brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Go get your merch. Get your merch. Go on. People. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Listen to the man. Get your merch. Get your merch. Uh, go get a hoodie. Get a t-shirt. Go check it out. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Or just click through the socials. Right. Yenaz. Obvious one. Jimmy. Jamarant. Most improved. Yenaz. Ugh. I hate it. Because he was so fucking good. Like, it sucks to nitpick, but nah, come the fuck on. It's a stupid award, but I've argued time and time again that if you're a top three pick, you should be ineligible. Like, you're expected to be a fucking star, if not a superstar. Like, that's where you were picked. Like, we get your improvement should be graded on a different curve if you're a top three pick, right? You're expected to improve at a rate where if you're a top three pick, you should be a star. That's where you're being graded. And yeah, he improved dramatically. He was fucking awesome. Like, we all know that the step up from being a star to superstar is one of the hardest ones you can make. But at the same time, I'd just argue the leap from where Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, uh, Jordan Poole, Dejounte Murray, even Desmond Bain, uh, Miles Bridges, like the improvements that they made uh, in the context of their teams, the burden they carried, the leaps that they made, the improvements that they made were probably in environments... Uh, that demanded a little bit more from them and on a tougher scale. And they did 
I think this is what it comes down for me and my brand. They did more from A to B than Ja Morant did. Like, we know that starter superstar is massive, but seriously, like, Garland, Poole, Murray, they got their teams overperforming all season, and uh, they also lifted their numbers, and they came from a base level of competency where they improved to a point where, like, Garland's an all-star, DeJunte's an all-star, Poole is just, like, what? Basically was the leading scorer for the Warriors in this playoffs until, I think, Steph Curry yesterday. And the thing is, I haven't seen anybody bring up the simple fact that he played only 57 fucking games. It's a weirdly overlooked aspect of this. It's 11 less games than Darius Rock and Judy Garland and DeJunte Murray, and 19 less than Desmond Boone and Jordan Poole. 21-8-9 for DeJunte Murray. That's an insane season. 21-3-8 for Darius. 27-5-6 for Jar. They're all fucking good. And Jar Morant came out and said, after it's like, look, Everybody on this list is fucking incredible. We all improved. That's great. Awesome. And then he gave the fucking trophy to Desmond Bain anyway because he's a legend. But my point will forever be it should be for the most improved player and not the most met our expectations player. You know? You're the number two pick. Yeah. It shouldn't be like out of the realm of possibility that you're averaging 27 points a game and being really fucking good. Whereas... Shit. DeJunte Murray's out there averaging almost a triple-double, carrying a horrible Spurs team all season. And Darius Garland nearly fucking got the Cavs into the actual playoffs. He got them to play in tournaments, so did DeJunte. Jar got them to a two-seed. That was huge. He played his ass off all season. So it's like, it's nitpicking, but I still think top top three picks, you can't be most improved. That should be the rule. What are we doing here? That's fucking stupid. He won Rookie of the Year. <laughs> like, how are you winning most improved in year three? We get it. He keeps improving. Jesus. Anyway, I am Matty S. At him yesterday. Yeah, nah, Jimmy. Does JT, Jason Tatum, take KD out for ice cream after today's game? And does KD ask for sprinkles or sherbet? Yeah, nah. Tatum sunned KD. So I think we had this one in yesterday or uh, the day before's. Yeah, yesterday's show. And from the weekend where uh, Tatum just fucking owned KD throughout this series, 100% daddied him, 100% sunned him. It's like, yeah. There's a nice spot actually near uh, Barclays that you can go get some fancy ice cream. So Tatum probably did go, hello, Kevin. Okay, are you ready? You got your shoes on? All right, come on, get your backpack. All right, come on, Kevin. No. Don't go over there and play with Kyrie. Come on. Oh, we're going to get this ice cream. He's like, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. And off he'd run. Anyway, uh, some from Jez Oz. Here's a yeah, nah, or two, or three for you, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, nah, regarding the sixes. Here comes the choke. Yeah, nah. Nah, I think we get our jokes off now. 3-2. They've lost two on the trot. Uninspired home performance. They look like shit. I also think they can go to Toronto and win game six pretty easily. And it just, if Fred Van Vliet comes back, maybe, who knows. But I think this was like the last gasp, like, fuck you. The big two fingers up from the Raptors going, we're not going to get gentlemen swept. We're still here. Scoob is playing out of his ass. OG and, like, the weirdest part I thought today was that, like, the Raptors could have played even better. I mean, they shot over 50%, but, like, it was more a testament to the Sixers just never, ever finding any rhythm 
and playing shit on defense. And I think Embiid comes out probably with a little bit more of a destructive vibe <laughs> to him for game six, and uh, they roll from there. But at the same time, that's what I think is going to happen in game six. But as I keep saying, never put anything past James Harden and Doc Rivers when it comes to choking in the playoffs. Uh, next up, if he's fit, the Pels should play Zion off the bench if they manage to get past the Suns. Yeah, nah, nah. I think if he's fit now, they should bring him off the fucking bench right now. The time is now, Pelicans. Let's fucking go. Get the big rig out there. This is one of the very few times in my life I'll agree with Reggie Miller. Reggie's like, Kev, if you can get out there and do those dunks and warm-ups, Kev, then you can give me 15 minutes, Kev. Shut up, Reggie. But also, you're right. If Zion can get out there and do those sick dunks, get out there and give us eight minutes. Give us eight minutes a half. Coming off the bench. He looks like a fucking Mack truck in human form. Just lay some waste to those Suns bench units. I reckon fucking do it. Let's fucking go. But yeah, they should bring him off the bench. Have a crack. See what happens. See how his foot responds. Uh, what else we got from Jez? Uh, the pen- potential matchup of Bucks Celtics versus and Warriors Grizz are salivating. Yeah, nah. Yeah, they are. Bucks Celtics is awesome. Warriors Grizzlies is like one of those perfect matches because like we all looked at, I hate using Royal Wees, but the vibe going into Warriors Nuggets, you're like, yeah, they've got Joker, but they've got fucking nothing else. We all know that. And the Warriors have got Steph, Clay, Poole, Draymond, Wigo, etc. That's a way more fun combo of matchups against the Grizzlies, isn't it? Ja, Desmond Bean, Dylan Brooks. Like you've got just like guards upon guards, wings upon wings, perimeter craziness. Let's go. That'd be awesome. That is, you've nailed that one there, Jez. The Bucks Celtics matchup and the Warriors Grizz absolutely salivating. I'm stoked on that. Uh, his last one is Brooklyn need to make wholesale changes. Force Kyrie out, e.g. trade him or make him want to retire. Get rid of at least two of Aldridge, Blake, and Goran, if not all three. Solid defenders should be their number one highest priority and build a list around KD, Benny the Bricky, Patty, and the young dudes left over like Claxton. Yeah, nah. Oh, I actually kind of agree with this. But I think it's... They don't have the franchise stones and wherewithal to trade Kyrie. If you're the Nets, are you actually sort of secretly, like, fingers crossed going, yeah, it'd be really bad if Kyrie retired. We would hate that. Nah, we'd seriously just hate it. Right? You're like, fuck it. We've got Ben Simmons. We've got KD. We've got Patty. If we can get some uh, defensive-minded young dudes, if we can find our version of Herb Jones or Bones Highland, run him out there, see what we've got. Uh, but yeah, the the Aldridge Blake stuff. Like this is what I mean. I've, I can keep yelling about it, but the James Johnson just cutting him for Kessler Edwards instead of like going right LMA or Goran or Blake on your bike. I understand that they're. Big money veterans. They're big names. They've been around for ages. But Jesus, got to give me something. Got to kickbox somebody in there. Uh, but yeah, defenders should be their number one highest priority. You want to see what Simo can give you around KD and Kyrie? Obviously, 
And around that, you got to go, cool, Seth Curry, Shooter, Joe Harris, hopefully back next year. The rest of it should be like, right, who are the handiest, most annoying, defensive sort of types we can get to fill out this roster rather than, uh, you know, offense and nothing else, Cam Thomas, LaMarcus Aldridge, etc. So that's a good one by Jess. At the same time, look at me, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Uh, I think it's better that Brooklyn got swept, if that makes sense. Like, if they had have had the gentleman sweep, everybody like, oh, yeah, just Boston were just a better team. But to get swept, they're looking at this going, oh, yeah, we're fucked, hey. All right, now we're going to do what we've, we want to do. Like, to be swept, that puts way more heat on you to actually institute some change rather than even just that token one game of a gentleman sweep, right? Because you can sort of go, oh, well, you know, we tried our hardest, but we could just never quite get into it. You get swept, it's like, fucking hell, that's a reality check. What are we doing? How are we spending our money? How are we spending Joe Sy's money? Kyrie, can you play some fucking defense? <laughs> Away we go. All right, speaking of which, let's do Outback Takeouts. Oh, jeez. It's Tuesday, and our back, and it's the saddest day of the week because it's when I jump on seek.com.au to replace all the stuff that I lost to today's special. That's right, the bird got loose in the kitchen again and took out five to six good men and women. I've got to call a lot of families, but also I've got to replace my kitchen staff because the world's most deadliest bird also tastes fucking delicious, and it's in cassowary casserole only at our back. And today's Flame Grill take is... The way Brooklyn can fix their entire shit show of a franchise is to fire Steve Nash and just let Kyrie be the player coach. He already reckons that coaching doesn't fucking matter. Maybe then, while it's his ass on the line, he'll play some fucking defense. Only at Outback. I mean, spot the light. <laughs> I actually think that's a half good idea. Steve Nash, I just don't know. Like, Is he too Canadian? He's too nice? He understands how KD and Kyrie roll. They're superstars. He was a superstar, two-time MVP. Does he just go, yeah, look, hey, we're going to bow to all your wishes. Like The fact that he let Kyrie call that fucking challenge in Boston was fucking just dunderheaded. Maybe he needed an Ime Udoka. Because as soon as Ime Udoka left the Nets bench, look what happens. Boom. Celtics turn around their team. Hard-nosed, tough team. And the Steve Nash fucking Brooklyn Nets go a damn, like, uh, Jigglypuffs over here. Off they go. <laughs> Pokemon reference. <laughs> Shit. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. We're back with Australian Player Watch right after this one. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian Player Watch, last one for Paddy Thrills, Paddy Mills, and Box Hill Benny. Uh, of course, we never gave a game recap of uh, Ben Simmons' performances because he never played because someone hurt his feelings. Uh, game four of Paddy Thrills. Uh, this series has been a bit rough. Three points game one, five points game two. Good game three. Uh, today wasn't bad. 19 minutes, five points, two of six shooting, one of four from three. As mentioned, there were two of those threes that went in and out, and you're like, fucking hell, if they go in, Makes a big, big, big difference. But two rebounds as well, two fouls. We can do, we'll do a season wrap after the entire, entire actual NBA season finishes up. But 
your first blush response to this year for Patty is it's a pretty disappointing season, pretty disappointing playoffs. As soon as Kyrie, like, he started off great, uh, was fitting in there really well. As soon as Kyrie came back, Patty was marginalized. The ball came out of his hands a lot earlier. It was used really only as a shooter coming off like a million screens and stuff. And KD and Kyrie, no one's ever going to accuse them of uh, really adhering and, you know, playing to the strengths of their teammates. It's like, oh, but they get lots of assist numbers. It's like, yeah, they give up the ball and the other dude has to make a uh, pretty rough shot. Look, KD and Kyrie actually made a couple of really nice passes in today's game where they're like, fuck, we're really going to get back into this. We better lean on the other dudes. And yeah, it would have been nice if Patty did a couple of those throws, but look, it's just his actual usage and how much time the ball's in his hand. If you look at the uh, graphs, it drops, drops dramatically as the season goes on. And uh, especially coming off a really, really great Tokyo campaign, you feel like, yeah, still untapped. And for the first two, three months, you could feel like a bit of FIBA Patty coming on. And FIBA Patty's always there, but he did run out of gas. The All-Star break... It was pretty bad after that. But again, it was like, you know, renegotiating a different sort of, uh, well, negotiating a different change in his uh, role. And it sort of discombobulated him a little bit. But either way, bit of a tough one. We'll break it down more in depth uh, a little bit later. Aussie Matty T, game four for him, as mentioned. Rough one. Game five, rather. That's right, it's 3 2. 14 minutes, one of six. Brutal. 0 of three from three. Missed those two free throws, as mentioned as well. Two points, two rebounds, one steal. Ugh. And obviously he can't play in game six because he's not allowed in Canada because he listened to his mate Kyrie, maybe. And Josh Green today, 14 minutes in game five for the Mavs. 0-3 from downtown. All the all the threes, all the shots that took were threes and uh, missed them all, and he had one rebound. So, But I liked his hustle. He's out there causing a bit of havoc. You'll love to see that. All right, Shady Hill, shoot, shoot, shoot your shot. Line him up, award. He threw it down. Are you healed? Praise the Lord for I'm healed. It is the Shane Heal. Shoot a shoot. Shoot your shot. Light him up award. Oh, how about the bloke who could have actually won most improved player? And according to the one who did it and actually won it, John Morant should have. Desmond Breed, last two games. Games three and four against the Wolves. He had 26 points in game three, seven of 15 from downtown. And in game four, he had 34. Four points goes eight of twelve from downtown. Eight of twelve. That is ridiculous. So he's just gone fifteen of twenty-seven from three over those last two games. That is a shooter who is shooting. Uh, he's nineteen of thirty-nine from three for the uh, series. Just let it fly, Desmond. You love to see it. Uh, but also Grant fucking Williams. I mentioned this earlier. He shot fifty percent from three for the entire series for the Celtics. Sixty-two percent from the floor. He hit as many. Uh, yeah, he had eight threes, which is the exact same amount as Kyrie Irving, all series. That's right. And he outpaced him in the last three as well. So Kyrie hit six in the first game and then hit for the rest of the series as many as Grant Williams hit. Unbelievable. But the way he's turned himself into a dead-eye corner three, that is a shooter who is shooting. He's a specialist. I love it. It's inspiring as hell. If he can do it, anybody can. All right. Speaking of which, let's do a Patty Mills game day baller. Game day Twitter check-in. Oh yeah, let's go. Because today we've just got a bit of a uh, bit of a Jock Lando one. Absolutely loving this one. Just back out there, Hoop City. He's back in Melbourne, hanging out, practicing with United. And Josh Green, 
out there doing the walk-in. And then in Game 5, just doing dunks in the warm-up line. You love to see it. I mean, I do. Uh, and it's awesome. So, Paddy, meanwhile, is uh, probably drowning his sorrows somewhere in Brooklyn. A couple of good pubs right near there at Barclays. But uh, either way, I'm sure there'll be a uh, inspiring couple of posts to come out of Paddy for tomorrow. Game previews for tomorrow. Let's do this. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inverting Vane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Oh, yeah. Feeling a bit better today. Just a bit tired and worn down yesterday, but all good now. Uh, we went one of three on the picks today because uh, expected Brooklyn to uh, pick up that random game in the series, and they did not. And I thought Utah would uh, give us a bit of fight, but they didn't at all, which is a bit of an understatement. So we're 17 of 34. For the playoffs so far, exactly dead on in the middle. <laughs> 50%, baby. Ah, well, we'll get to pick it up tomorrow. Tomorrow, we've got three games. We've got Hawks Heat, uh, game five, going back to Miami. The Heat are seven and a half point favorites, and I am taking Miami uh, to complete the punking of the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, and I think they'll do it in just decisive fuck you fashion. The Hawks. Really won a game in this series after coming back from a big deficit and getting a Trey Young game winner where Jimmy Butler had a chance to actually still win that game. I think the Heat come out, lay the smack down, teach him a lesson, and uh, Hawks will just be like, oh, God. But there's a gentleman sweep there. So give me the Heat, minus 7.5. I think it's a belting. I think the Hawks lose all spirit to live in the third quarter, and Miami smash them. Grizzlies, they host the Wolves for their game five. This one's tied to all. We've seen the Wolves win in Memphis today. Well, tomorrow's game, I'm taking the Grizzlies, minus five and a half. I think they are absolutely up and about around Ja Morant's most improved player of the year award, even if I'm not Desmond Bain. He was so stoked for Ja. I love that. If you go watch the video, it's sick. I think the Grizzlies are on one, though, and I think we get a big, 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 big Grizzlies win in this one. I think they just put the Wolves to the sword a little bit. And uh, I think Ja will be up and about. He'll play his best game of the series. He could drop a 36, 8, and 10. What do you reckon? And they just smoke the Wolves. So give me the Grizzlies, minus 5.5. And, and then, Suns host the Pelicans. 2-2. Chris Paul, all the pressure in the world. you got DeAndre Ayton, Michael Bridges. I think this is the Michael Bridges-Cam Johnson breakout game where the young dudes hit some shots. They finally hit some threes. The Suns threes. I've been completely missing. I think the Suns win this one. They're five and a half point favorites. I think they cover that. And they uh, reassert their lead in this series against the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans have been awesome, but you are gonna you go back down to New Orleans, you're feeling good. It's like, all right, fucking let's go. They've lost Booker. The Suns are now settling into the fact that they don't have Booker for a couple of games. Give me the Suns minus five and a half to uh, steady the ship. That's the home favorites, all of them tomorrow I'm going to take, but I think that feels about right. So there we go. All right, and we'll wrap all that up for you tomorrow. That should be great. What a wicked run of games that is tomorrow, isn't it? Hawks, Heat, Grizzlies, Wolves, Pelicans, Suns, give it to me. All right, uh, either way, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey, IGs, we're all the socials all the time. You know, that NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Uh, we'll have some NFL draft stuff up soon. Adam with World Wrestling Australia. Go check that out on YouTube. Uh, FWCIE on Twitter as well. NBAstray.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Check us a rating review on your podcast app. Go on, I don't have the bogey war chest of having played in the NBA. So any little bit helps. <laughs> Knowable. 
Download the Nobleo, bang in the code straight, get twenty percent off as well. All right, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. But check out Joshua Delorentis, fascinating gold mines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers because they're behind all the tunes you hear throughout the show. So smash them all at Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. However you listen to your tunes, follow your bands, do it. NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. All right, we'll close out with a brand new Jingles HR. We. We'll talk to you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would ya? And later, G'day, Joe Ingalls here, and if Jingles HR, the world's leading HR firm. That's right, because when I'm not sinking threes, planting trees, rehabbing my knee, or sipping this coffee here in Portland, I'm the world's leading HR expert, helping you with all your HR questions and problems. So with that in mind, let's get to this week's question, shall we? It comes from a James in North Carolina. Oh, that's interesting. Dear Joe, I just got the sack after only two years at my job, even though I thought I was doing a really good job. It seriously came out of the blue. I thought I was reaching my employees. We'd had back-to-back years of upward trajectory, and then bang, I get shit-canned. It's a bit brutal. So do you have any tips on how to deal with that blow to my confidence and get back on me feet? Cheers, James B. North Carolina. Ah, oh, geez, that's a bit of a tough one. Uh, thanks for writing in, James. And yeah, it does sound a bit rough because as a, any HR manager worth their salt will tell you, like, you got to look at results and you got to look at KPIs. And from here, it definitely sounds like you were meeting them pretty handily. I mean, if your employees are happy and doing their job and you're on an upward trajectory, having a bit of success, off you go. I mean, it sounds like... I don't know. It's a bit of a head-scratcher. I don't know what's happened here. Did you lose maybe the uh, trust of management? Did your employees secretly hate your guts? It's a bit weird, isn't it? But look, on the flip side, when you've been shit-canned, I usually say that with every setback comes a new opportunity for growth and reflection because I'd suggest figuring out first what your mental needs are right now. Do you need some time off to go fishing and chill and maybe see your family some more? Or do you need to go keep working to power through it? Because if so, you can get right back on that horse and go work somewhere else. Even if it's in a reduced role at reduced pay, you can use it to maybe learn some new schools because that's what this is all about. You need to sit back for a second, reflect on what you've learned and what you could have done better in your now former role and look at ways to be a better worker, a better manager, and away you go. Because taking some time off or going back to work both have their ups and downs like time off means some self-reflection plenty of time to work on what you need to work on it also means spending time with your family going and getting another job straight away means you'll be working for someone new that has its own challenges and at the same time you might not be in the same role that you were in last time you know so as we say here at jingles hr do what you feel is best for you because your best resource is after all you because you're a human and you're a resource. So listen to what your resources, you, are telling you. Make sense? All right, so there you go. Best of luck, James. Hope that helps. And that's all I've got time for this week. Better get back to rehabbing this old knee here, eh? All right, I've been Joe Ingalls. This has been Jingles HR. 
get a job up yeah